Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Uncut Sports Talk, featuring your host, Rhino, Brian Cashman. I've known for a long time that you have no clue about baseball, and you literally go into a little room that's set up Moneyball style. You got four-eyed Bill in there, reading off algorithms about players' talents, successes, whatever you guys punch into those things, you know, skills. But for Christ's sake, can you move away from the computer one time and let me enlighten you on something. We won 100 fucking games in the regular season last year. 100. We got our tits absolutely blown off in the postseason. And let me enlighten you on something else. Judge Plain! And your co-host, Pat. The NFL is a joke. Um... The players, I feel bad for the players, honestly. Like, there's a lot of guys that probably, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on that New Orleans team that, you know, are, are the 53rd man on that roster. And that extra $75,000 that they would have gotten for going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, in terms of the playoff checks, is probably a huge deal to them. I feel really bad for those guys. Um, I don't really give a shit about the, the, the top guys as much, obviously. But, I mean, like, lives are changed. Careers are changed. Um, you know, even the coaches, too. Same thing. Like, there's a lot of those ancillary coaches that if they get their you know their their offensive line to the Super Bowl maybe they're up for a you know a, a an offensive coordinator job somewhere or you know something like that it's it, it's it's just a, a a snowball that starts at the top of the mountain and just completely continues gathering momentum gathering growth until it it hits the bottom guys and unfortunately those are the guys that suffer yo there everybody Already started the first four games. The big day tomorrow, twelve ten. My favorite time of year, my favorite holiday, my personal holiday, March Madness, coming at you live, straight at noon after these four playing games are done, my friends, or the last two now. The show is Rhino. Got my man pausing me. What's going on tonight, brother? Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, or two days from now. Yeah, same here. Um, The night before the tournament, usually don't sleep very well on these nights because I'm so excited. So uh, I probably won't be getting much sleep tonight. I'll probably be making, you know, 4 a.m. tweaks to my bracket because I feel like I thought about something that I didn't think about for the last you know, five months that we've been watching college basketball and talking about it, even though I've probably taken in more stats and game time this year than I have in the last few years combined. Um, part of that is, you know, the show, obviously. Part of it is just, you know, now that I'm married, I, I you know, I don't have to impress my wife as much anymore. So I can kind of, you know, tell her that I want to watch basketball instead and not, uh, not worry about the consequences since whatever, right? I'm already married, so what's, what else could really happen to me? Yeah, <laughs> it gets worse, man. It gets worse, but hey, um, we're about the same length, but you'll see. Uh, neither here nor there. We're going to do uh, it's another little special edition. Like I said, we had some cool programming coming, talked about about two weeks ago. We did our live uh, selection, show, selection show Sunday show on Sunday. 
This is going to be another special edition show. We're going to basically do a, a bracketology college basketball show. Um, Paz and I are going to break down uh, the bracket and games. We're going to do a bracket, uh, and what will be the main focus of the show is kind of a Paz and I bracket. We're going to kind of join heads here. Uh, hopefully the cooler heads prevail on our picks to go forward, and we'll have a uncut sports talk bracket that will go into a money pool. Uh, we'll go over our individual brackets at a little bit less of length because you'll kind of hear our explanations for some of the picks in the uncut sports talk bracket. Um, and then, as mentioned a couple times in the show, we've been working on a model for uh, a sports betting model that started us off with a nice W with Belmont uh, last night. That also has us on North Dakota State right now. So well, I'll give out some of our model plays and, and maybe Paz will be on also some of the model plays are also some of his own. My biggest play outside the model is going to not happen anymore as I hear that Howard has been suspended for Syracuse. So, neither here nor there. If you have opinions, if you want to talk about your favorite team, anything about the bracket, anything about March Madness, opinions, thoughts, talk about your team, you're stuck on a game that you want to discuss, you're stuck on something down the line you want to discuss, you're thinking about putting it in bed and you have any opinions, questions, anything, Whatever, don't matter. Six five seven three eight three one six nine two. We're here to interact and answer your questions. So without any further ado, I added a a offline player bracket, which is very nice. So I don't have to create some uh, additional account at CBS. I added us as like a little offline bracket, and I could do just what I could do as if I create an account. So this is much more helpful. We'll kick it off in the top left in the east. Duke versus either North Carolina Central or North Dakota State. Whoever wins this one, North Dakota State extends to eight with 728 left in the first half. Uh, These are usually pretty easy. Uh, Last year was a rare one versus 16 loss, the first ever in really the modern era of the 64-team tournament. I I would say uh, we go Duke here. Pause. Any argument to that? Yeah, I have a huge argument with that. Duke is definitely going to lose this game. Definitely going to lose. Um, the only thing I will say is that if North Dakota State wins this game, which, which you know, they, they sort of kind of took North Carolina Central's best punch early in this, this, uh, this game, and now they're just kind of rolling over them and really should continue the rest of the day. I do think that North Dakota State could keep it close for, you know, maybe the first half or so just because they do shoot the three so well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Duke is – they're just – Duke defends the three really well, so it's not like – you know, it's not like it's a huge, uh, huge whatchamacallit for them. They're in the top, I think, like 20 in the country in defensive three-point percentage, so it really shouldn't matter at all. And I assume the spread for this will be 25 Ish, and you know maybe they won't cover the spread, but yeah, this is going to be a ten to fifteen game point game at halftime, and then I would say the first like five to six minutes out of the second half, Duke just completely blows the doors off, makes it thirty, and then they can uh, rest Zion and Barrett a little bit, and uh, you know coast kind of coast to like a twenty point victory. So yeah, one of the things that's weird is I noticed, and I wish. No, it's okay. One of the things I realized, uh, and I wish I kind of got to follow a little bit more, but when you find a model that you feel like works and what your goal is and the formulas that support it, you go with that. Uh, One thing that I saw trending for a while, I want to say I was around year 2012, 
Um, and so from 2018 and 2012, the like 16 seed basically covered against the one seed, like essentially like every single game, there was like one Virginia game that they, they had like held the team to like 29 points or something, which is, uh, insanity. But besides that, the, the 16 seed does have, um, you know, usually the ability to cover and these spreads are always, you it's always like 23 to 26, uh, except that one year where Kentucky was like 34 and didn't cover spread the entire tournament. And they end up losing as going down as one of the best teams of all time that I guess didn't come through. So that's just an interesting facet. I actually, I would definitely say, I want to say that was, like I said, 2012. I didn't really follow it in 11, 10, nine, uh, in 2008, by the time I got there, I just, really wanted to get the data done so just an interesting tidbit for uh sports betting wise um that was definitely a trend that was going on from about 2018 2012 all right next up duke will play the winner of uh vcu ucf um so these games are always a usually just a toss-up obviously their seeds are really close um I personally think after going through the data multiple times, um, I think I lean towards uh, UCF here just because of the presence inside. But if you have a more compelling argument for me, I am I can be easily sway easily bought off of uh, off of UCF here. I have zero percent confidence in them and this is one of those plays in you know the pool that we're in the being as though you get points for the lower seed I would almost just be inclined to pick the lower seed here being as though they're going to lose to Duke anyway so maybe get the chance for the extra point and only lose one point if you know the higher seed wins so that's kind of how I would look at this game but if you have a stronger opinion by all means uh, we will absolutely go with it. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, going forward, just so people know, yeah, so we get the, we're in a pool where you get the points per seed uh, uh, plus points for the win. I believe it's three, I believe it's three, six, nine, 12, no, three, six, nine, 18, 32, or whatever. I think it's times two all the way through. Uh, so, yeah, so it went seed definitely uh, becomes important. Um, I'm with you. I, this is one of the, I would say one of the tougher games for me. Unfortunately, some of the stats and formulas I was using has altered a little bit and I didn't get a chance to go through and change them all. Um, I just think the adjusted uh, UCF has them at like an 18.2, which is real, like the real against real defense and a real value of offense. And VCU is right under them at 16.9. So um, I think it's a toss up either way. I do think UCF has a little bit of an edge. Uh, so I'm with you. I have no problem with going UCF and definitely taking, you know, I'd rather grab, I, I mean, nine, eight's the same thing, but, uh, grabbing eight points. These, these games here, like you mentioned, become, uh, pretty big, uh, underneath that five, 12 matchup. The first one, uh, Mississippi state versus Liberty. Uh, this is an interesting game for me, uh, both spread wise and, um, uh, and pick them wise. I don't think Liberty is all that great. They're one of the, I would say the, I, I, I want to describe this. So it's correct. Um, the tiers of not so much the mid major, but like the groups of the teams, I would say like, uh, Belmont's a little bit more. So like, I would say like Belmont, New Mexico state, Murray state, 
Arizona State, Washington are kind of like in their own class. And then that tier underneath for me are the teams like Northeastern, Yale, Liberty, UC Irvine, Vermont. Um, they're all kind of in that tier. And then underneath them are the likes of like St. Louis, Georgia State, Old Dominion, uh, Montana. And then underneath that is like the likes of NC Central, Fairleigh Dickinson, et cetera. Um, I, I, I actually like Mississippi State a lot, and I, and I like this spread. This is, this is a play for me. Uh, it will be a play for me as we discuss those later on. And I just don't think Liberty is all that great. Um, they are not a very good uh, team to rebound on the boards, which is something that you kind of need as one of these you know teams. You're missing uh, long threes. You want to be able to pull down the boards, get second-chance opportunities against these teams. Mississippi State is huge on the offensive glass for second opportunities. Liberty, kind of a smaller-type team. Um, I just I don't, I don't like them all that much. This isn't one of the 5-12 matchups I found that I thought would – be able to you know go either way here so for me i I, i'm thinking mississippi state pause yeah i'm definitely with you on them ultimately winning the game though i do think this might be a little closer than than people think um liberty actually shoots the three pretty well and mississippi state is in the um bottom 100 in the country in terms of defensive three-point percentage um they also don't force nearly as many turnovers as um, as Liberty does, and they're also bottom 100 in the country in terms of turnovers on offense. Um, so I think there might be a chance that Liberty could pull this game out, but, yeah, ultimately I, I think I lean Mississippi State, though I'm not thrilled with them as a, as a team at all. Um, I, you know, I'm going to make a couple other brackets and in – in, in, um, you know, one of them I'm going to have Mississippi State winning, and then the other one I'm going to have Liberty winning because this is more of like a maybe 60-40 matchup to me rather than, you know, for you I feel like it might be more closer to like 80-20, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still think Mississippi State ultimately wins. So for bracket, our joint bracket for sure, uh, Mississippi State. All right, go ahead, take us away. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, all right, so the, the winner of that game will ultimately take on the winner of the Virginia Tech-St. Louis game. Um, I'm, this is going to be short and sweet for me. St. Louis cannot score the ball. Um, Virginia Tech is getting back probably its best player. Um, I just think that St. Louis, they, I'm looking at their statistics in terms of uh, defensive three-point um they are they're toward the top actually um they're in the top 50 in the country in terms of defensive three-point possessions uh sorry percentage allowed but i they, they just can't score the ball that's their problem um they don't attempt threes they shoot the, they don't attempt many threes and they shoot them really really poorly um they're a decent offensive round rebounding team but um virginia tech is a decent rebounding team so i i think that's sort of negligible there um, I expect Virginia Tech to just blow them out here. I, I don't think this is very close at all. Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100% here. Um, I think Virginia Tech is very dangerous, especially getting Robinson back, whether he's on a minutes restriction or not. It doesn't really matter. I'm kind of with you on St. Louis. Um, having a – your you know, you finish six in a, a pretty bad A-10 conference. You get pushed down a little bit after, you know, the likes of what um, 
or what's your yeah, and and then you see you know your your staple is that you steam thrilled through the conference tournament against the likes of two teams that didn't get into the tournament. North Dakota State extends thirty two twenty seven with four left in the first. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think uh, Virginia Tech is very dangerous here uh, until they have to kind of meet the Dukey. So I'm with you, VTech for us. Um, six six eleven game. This is this is interesting for me, and another one I kind of I wish I had the ability to get home a little bit earlier and kind of go back and and edit some things because um, after you know kind of what Belmont did yesterday, they get a bump up. Um, th- this is tough. This is a kind of a fifty fifty game for me. I just like Belmont. I mean, they looked okay yesterday, but like I mean, Temple wasn't all that great. Uh, they barely got into the field. They went eight and they, they really their finish uh, eight at eight and four is really kind of what got them in. They were pretty average and all across the board defensively and offensively. Um, they got, you know, their kind of staple one was against Houston. I kind of had said all year that I really wanted to see them play more because they had some like sneaky stuff. Uh, but this is a team that like also lost to Pennsylvania and Tulsa by 25 a pop, I believe. So, I mean, you know, what Belmont did wasn't all that great. Um, you know, uh, which was so, you know, Belmont scored. Let's see, they had a standing run in the Ohio Valley Conference that included a win over Murray State on January 24th. That's Belmont's real staple win was against Murray State on the 24th um, and held Moran to five for 19, which is pretty impressive defensively. Maryland is a very interesting team, and I'm sure this will be a split on many people's brackets. Um, as Paz and I have mentioned, they're super young. They have Fernando, who's an absolute beast and is, after what I saw last night, is a possible monster difference maker in this game uh, in terms of Belmont on the inside. And um, they have Cohen, who's who's really good. Um, Fernando, big time, uh, big 10 first team all selection. And, you know, the Terps finished in what, in my opinion, is the hardest conference. I know Coach K is, was the top heavy of the ACC, maybe better than all the other conferences. Yeah, maybe Duke, North Carolina, um, Florida State, and Virginia are better on the top side. However, I do think the ACC was uh, down drastically on the bottom side. Whereas I think the big 10 from A to Z, let's call it, uh, was really stacked up and you know they finished top five in offensive and defensive efficiencies uh, efficiencies there higher on on regular average points uh defensive and offensive uh, offensive if you don't like the efficiencies um they what what what's hurts them a lot is that their youth leads to uh games where they do commit a lot of turnovers you know they hang around in a game like against nebraska end up blowing them out by pounding the ball inside to fernando they look really really bad um, in that conference tournament game. But look, this team beat Wisconsin, whether, you know, you think they're great or not. Do they go through struggles where they don't score at all? Yes. Are they uh, one of the best defensive teams in the March Madness tournament? Yes. Uh, Purdue, one of the sneakiest teams. I see a lot of people have them as possibly win the national championship. Um, but, you know, they they bow out to a Nebraska team that they really handled uh, outside the turnovers in the season. So, this is a team where good luck figuring it out. Um, I just think that they, after a week off, they realize they have to go inside, pound in Fernando. And that big man took advantage of a Temple, cent- uh, Temple Center who was 6'6", 
uh, basically for most of the game. Their big man, they he kept getting foul trouble. They'd bring him in. He'd get his uh, a third foul within a minute. Had to go back out, and um, he grabbed a lot of boards over him. Um, I, I just think Maryland beats these guys up, and you know they uh, Belmont really got killed on the glass in in the first half yesterday. So uh, for me, this one is Maryland. Pause. Yeah, I. This is one of the tougher games uh, of the entire tournament, I think, to pick because as people have been listening, they've heard me be, uh, talking about this Belmont team for the last week and a half, how I thought that they were a tournament team um, and should get into the tournament and that, you know, there's a lot of teams that they would beat. The thing that really scares me about Maryland is that they do turn the ball over a lot, whereas Belmont is, uh, you know, Maryland's really young. Belmont is a team of upperclassmen who have basically been in the, I think they've won the OVC three of the last four years or something now. So they've basically been in the tournament the last three seasons and their teams, even though they haven't won a game yet, um, you know, in the main draw, they have that experience of playing against, because they've always been a, either at a 11 seed, a 12 seed, whatever. They've had the experience of playing against these top end uh, teams in the tournament. And I just feel like the, experience there will be the thing that gets them through in a tight game. This game is going to be tight the entire way through. There's no question that Maryland's not going to blow them off the floor. They turn the ball over too much. They don't play with enough pace to sort of make up for those tournament, uh, make, make up for those turnovers that they have. So Belmont likes to play fast. Um, They don't turn the ball over much at all. Uh, They shoot the three really well. They score a lot. I think this is a, you know, last couple of possession game, and I just feel like I will trust the seniors more here than I will trust the freshmen, as we've seen Maryland sort of fold the last few games of the, you know, the regular season as sort of the pressure has has ramped up a little bit. So I differ with you here. I think Belmont does get the the victory here, but in terms of our – our joint bracket, um, you know, which way, which way do you want to go? Uh, I'm okay with Belmont. That's fine. This is a 50, 50 game for me. This is one I'm willing to, uh, you know, take your side on. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay, great. Mark it down. All right. Next is uh, LSU against Yale. So if anyone hasn't been, you know, listening to basketball or just sports news in the last week and a half, Obviously, there was the huge controversy with LSU's head coach, Will Wade, um, and their freshman uh, – what's his name? What's his first name? Smart is his last name. Uh, I can't think of his first name at the current moment. But, uh, you know, with him Marcus. having been suspended – Yeah, Marcus Smart. Um, him having been suspended and now being back um, and having played in the, the SEC tournament there because, you know – Apparently, the the uh, the tape they were using the word "smart" was uh, a code word, not for the freshman that they you know recruited this year and that has the same last name. But that's neither here nor there. So the team is sort of going through a little I don't know if you want to call it turmoil. They're kind of without a coach right now. Um, I don't know. This is Yale is a a very good team if you look at the if you look at the just the statistics. Um, they do match up with them pretty well. Um, they do a few things better than LSU does, but I think 
LSU will – I think ultimately the difference is going to come down to LSU just being able to uh, dominate the offensive glass, um, and that will sort of win them a close game. But if you – same thing here. If you told me that you loved Yale in this spot, I I wouldn't – I you know, seeing if Yale wins this game on – I don't even know if this is tomorrow or Friday, um, but if they win this game, I would not be surprised at all. So this is this has to be uh, tomorrow. This game is tomorrow. So if they win this game tomorrow, I would not be surprised at all. So um, hopefully you have a little bit better insight than I do here. Yeah, so uh, Yale played Duke earlier in the year. Um, Duke really kind of blew them out and ran them up and down the court. Um they do have a uh, a guy Yale. I, I want to say I, I don't know what origin or, or um, where he comes from. So I'm just gonna if I butcher his name, it's like Me Oni. So I don't know if there's different pronunciation. If maybe he's possibly Korean, uh, so it'd be you know obviously different. But uh, very good player, um, and he is as projected right now as a first round pick in the NBA draft. Now I know, look, neither here nor there, Cam Reddish is projected as a top five pick in the first in the draft. So I mean, let, let's talk about that. But anyway, um, I just I, I just think LSU is just better up and down the board. The Ivy League usually has like a couple like Harvard is is usually pretty good. It can go on a run in the tournament. Uh, and there's some other ones that kind of hang around there. I just think the Ivy League was down a little bit this year. Their strength is non-conference schedule was pretty bad and they just don't rebound the ball all that well. And that's really LSU's bread and butter. Uh, with that being said, I, I think the spread is like, is, has been fluctuating pretty drastically between seven and eight, which I mean, that's not that crazy, but, um, uh, you know, LSU doesn't keep games close. If you told me that you love them on the spread, um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. But I just I don't think Yale can can hang with these guys for 40 minutes with one player, uh, especially considering they're like I said, they're not you know they're not adjusting with Smart at all. He's clearly going to play. You know, the NCAA will line their pockets before they suspend him. So for me, uh, I, this is LSU for me. I just don't. I think Yale is on that like kind of fourth tier as the tiers I was mentioned earlier. Um, there, you know that that smaller tier with Northeastern, uh, St. Louis, Georgia State, UC Irvine, or, you know, not UC Irvine's a little bit better, but um, they're kind of just on this, a little bit of a smaller scale. Uh, and I just, I just think LSU overall is just better. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. I, like I said, I think LSU wins this game as well, but if you could make a convincing argument for Yale, I would, take it you know what I mean like I, I yeah I would not be surprised at all if, if Yale pulls this game out or you know if it's a one possession game with 30 seconds left either way you know I'm, I'm not surprised about that at all yeah um uh next one Louisville Minnesota uh, this is another tough one where um you know I'm kind of willing to go either way not take so big of a stand uh we've spoken about LSU or LSU. We've spoken about Louisville a ton on this show. Uh, they were one of my, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, it's not sleeper teams, but teams that I kind of uh, look for prior to the season that I'm going to follow. Um, Duke, Virginia, which obviously isn't telling anybody anything. Uh, and then uh, Buffalo, Louisville, and Kansas State were kind of my five preseason teams that I really you know, want to follow. Louisville started the year great. Um, and then the, after that collapse, uh, they had a collapse 
almost a collapse prior to Duke, but held on. Then they collapse against Duke. Then they collapse, almost collapse against Clemson, pull it out. And then they kind of just go on a tailwind. And something interesting that stood with me um, was during the ACC championship game, they were talking about how Leonard Hamilton from Florida State had said that the buzzer beater by Reddish sent them almost into a – players were talking about how they were almost into in depression, um, and it, it just stuck with them so much and really altered their season for a three – you know, two to three to four-week time. And they had to, you know, sit down and kind of have a meeting about how to how to rectify that. And I kind of feel like Louisville's kind of in a little bit of the same in the same area. However, I think they've been exposed a little bit more. I think Florida State kind of went into. Um, I, I don't know how to explain. I think Florida State has more talent. So when they go and kind of a, a little bit of collapse like that and have a meeting, they kind of just get back up. I think that the guard play for Louisville is super weak. Uh, also. You know, Minnesota, uh, I mean, look, they took out uh, Purdue and Michigan State twice in a, in a 10-day stretch uh, and then took a, had a nice win on in the tournament on Friday against them again. Uh, the Gophers really have been – they've been a real up-and-down team, uh, a lot like Louisville. And uh, I think that's why they kind of end up on the bubble here and not higher. Some, a lot of people had these guys in as a 7 as opposed to a 10 where they're at now. Um a key stat, is, you know, if you're a live better, is that when Kofi scores 18 points or more, they're 12 and three this season. So he's a very key and pivotal part for Minnesota. Um, I think they Minnesota has a better strength of schedule. I think Louisville is a better overall team. Louisville's non-conference schedule is also stronger than Minnesota's. Uh, and they're, I mean, this is to me almost as equal as it gets. Um, Louisville's kind of, or Minnesota's kind of a banger team, so that plays into Louisville's hands a little bit. Um, I would say Louisville, but again, this is one you could talk me off of. Yeah, every single point that you made there is valid. I just, personally, I think this Louisville team is done, and they're going to fold. I can't trust them in a big game at all. Um, And then... The committee also messing up here or doing it on purpose or whatever they did here with having Rick Pitino's son as the coach of uh, Minnesota coaching against Louisville in the first round where, you know, Rick Pitino is currently suing Louisville and obviously has the insight having coached them, uh, you know, up until last season. So I think that little extra – um, you know, that little extra motivation there is what is going to put Minnesota over the edge. So I'm kind of all about Minnesota here. Um, I will be having them in my bracket winning, you know, in my other two brackets winning uh, in both both spots. And uh, I just really think this is going to be a close game. I think um, I think Murphy and Coffee for, for Minnesota are two guys that can take over games. Whereas on the Louisville side, I think the only guy that can really take a game over is Nora. And, I mean, I, like I said, I just think this Louisville team is done. You could stick a fork in them. I've been saying it for three or four weeks now. I can't trust them as far as I can throw them, and I'm not very strong. So I can't throw anybody, anybody that far at all. So I'm, uh, I'm on Minnesota here. All right, I'm cool with that. Um, and now the, the to finish out the – oh, and just um, 
just to also add there, the Louisville-Minnesota game is what kicks us off tomorrow or tips us off tomorrow at uh, the first game. So it'll be the only game on, I think, for the first like half hour or so at, from 12.15 to 12.45 or so, whenever that next uh, matchup kicks off. Um, all right, so the bottom of that bracket is the, uh, the two-seed Michigan State up against Bradley. Um, look, I, I, don't, I don't have much to say here. I'm not going to waste much time. Michigan State should win this game and win it very handily. They, Michigan State absolutely could have and should have been a one-seed, um, and they also got kind of screwed being put in Duke's bracket and vice versa. Duke also got kind of screwed with them in their bracket, but – I think this bracket, just to foreshadow a little bit, I think I would love to see it, and I hope it happens, but I think this bracket kind of sets up for uh, a nice Duke-Michigan State Elite Eight uh, Eight game next Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to waste time either. Bradley, to me, is on that that last tier of, you know, the likes of Gardner-Webb, North Dakota State, Iona, uh, Prairie View's out, Fairleigh Dickinson, NC Central. So this, to me, Michigan State. Um, why don't we stay here? Let's get to, let's try to get down to the final four. Yeah. So let's do that. All right. Uh, Duke UCF. Look, uh, I've said it a billion times. I don't think anybody in the country can be Duke when fully healthy. Um, and as we both pause and I mentioned, um, that UCF VCU game is kind of a 50, 50 game. I don't think either one is really all that good. Um, so I don't think this is either really much of a conference and, and honestly, or, yeah, much of a thing to discuss. Um, you know, I have VCU or UCF and VCU like as like the 40th and 41st team um, or give or take in the entire uh, March Madness. And, and I have Duke around one and two. So uh, for me, this is Duke. Boss? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to take up time. Let's move on. Um, all right. So, the next matchup will be Mississippi State against Virginia Tech. Um, this is, I think, going to be a decent game for a little bit, but personally, I just think Virginia Tech shoots the ball too well. They have too many athletes as compared to Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State is, I was just looking at this, Mississippi State is one of the worst teams in the country in terms of defensive three-point percentage allowed. Um, that alone, I think, is just going to sink them in this matchup against Virginia Tech, who shoots the ball, who is top, I think, like 15 in terms of three-point or um, not – oh, sorry, sorry, not not high in terms of, like, threes attempted per game, but they're in, like, the top, I think, 12 in terms of three-point percentage per game. So – I think that discrepancy right there is going to be the the mismatch in this game. And I actually expect Virginia Tech to sort of win this game kind of handily. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. My, I do like Virginia Tech also. My one concern here would be, and, I, and I've said it all season, um, Mississippi State is much much better on the offensive and defensive glass than Mississippi State. With that being said, Virginia Tech's Blackshear, with the uh, Robinson being out, I believe it was about 12 or 13 games he was out, uh, has really stepped up his game. If Virginia Tech gets in one of those things where they need to shoot 40% to beat better teams and they're not shooting the three ball well, they're going to get beat up on the glass unless Blackshear really has a huge game. 
And if you start seeing that VTech is off on shooting, that is a wide open door to get uh, Mississippi State live. Um, Because when Virginia Tech doesn't shoot the ball well from three, they drastically struggle and they never, never, never get their three-point shot rebounds. uh, And Mississippi State excels there and on the glass. Uh, I think ultimately Virginia Tech wins here just too much uh, altogether. But I would say that for, you know, someone that's a better and a lot better, if you see VTEC struggling from three-point range a little bit and Mississippi State's going to clean up the glass there, that's, that's going to be a little bit of a problem, I think. But I, ultimately, I do think Virginia Tech prevails here closer than the experts think, although this spread will probably be not much, maybe, maybe two to three. So, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't really help you out much on closer than the experts think, I guess, right? Um, Belmont LSU. I... I didn't really like the Belmont Maryland game at all. I just think LSU is just is uh, ultimately up and down too much for Belmont. If they uh, look, uh, we all know LSU loves to play in these closed games, and if you let a senior led team hang around like this and hang around and hang around, it's going to bite you in the ass. But uh, LSU has just played a much tougher schedule, has played much better on both sides, and uh, drastically drastically should be able to beat these guys up inside big time. Um, Reed should have a huge game and they should really be able to kind of do whatever they want anywhere and around and near the paint. And uh, um, this one is something I will have certainly have my eyes on. Uh, I know everybody has Belmont as a sleeper when Belmont or people talk a lot that makes Vegas think a lot and kind of waver from their you know, uh, algorithms that they produce spreads with. And this will be something interesting to me. I just don't think that by any means they could hang with uh, LSU on the glass. So for me, this is uh, LSU. I know, you know, three chalks in a row, but uh, I I like LSU here and I like them kind of big. Pause. Yeah. I I mean, I love this Belmont team, but now we're starting to face, you know, once you get to this point in the tournament, you're really starting to face some of the big boys. Um, and not that I think LSU is all that great, but I do think that uh, this is one of the worst matchups for Belmont. Um, I think if there were, you know, if you take the other teams on that that three line, like I think they would match up a lot better with Purdue. I think they would match up a, a ton better with Houston, and I think they would match up a lot better with Texas Tech as well. So, like, I kind of just think LSU is the worst of the threes that they match up with. And unfortunately, you know, if they get past Maryland, they're more than likely going to, to, uh, you know, be matched up with LSU here, uh, assuming they beat Yale. And I agree with you. Same thing. Um, I think that uh, they will not be able to hang with LSU. And I think it could get ugly towards the end of the game though. I mean, if this is a, if this is a double digit spread, I could feel confident with, uh, Belmont keeping it within double digits just because of what we've spoken about for for months now, basically since the show started about how LSU can't blow a team out and has played a ton of, uh, you know, overtime games and whatever. So if it's a double-digit spread, I wouldn't have an issue taking Belmont on the line. But uh, in terms of, you know, straight up, I, I don't think Belmont will be able to, to hang with LSU. All right, um, next, we have a Big Ten matchup here. We have uh, Minnesota against Michigan State. Now, if we go back to the regular season, I want to pull it up right now. Michigan State played Minnesota. 
They they wax them. We bet yeah, we both bet we them. both bet that game on the show as plays for our host. Oh, sheet. that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was yep, their three right. game skid, uh, and then they or yeah, I think they lost correct. three in a row, and they were going in, and it was just like it had thank you written all over it. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Uh, so yeah, so they got waxed by Michigan State earlier in the season. Um, I don't think it's going to be another waxing just because Michigan State is dealing with a few injuries. Um, you know, Cassius Winston coming back on just with one day rest, you know, coming back, things like that. He could be slowed a little bit, but ultimately, I mean, Michigan State, I think, like we were saying, should have probably been a one seed, is a top four team in the country. I do not think they will lose this uh, this matchup to Minnesota, especially with Minnesota coming off, if they win, of course, um, but, you know, coming off an emotional victory against Louisville, I think that's going to be a really hard-fought game. And, uh, you know, I just uh, don't think they'll have enough to take down Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Yep, I am with you, 100% agreement. All right, uh, back to the top. Uh, Duke v. Tech, um, looking forward to this matchup. I, it was amazing how many people just went absolutely crazy uh, when they uh, VTech beat Duke earlier in the year without Zion. Uh, came down to the end. Barrett took a you know at best questionable shot. Um, there was a bunch of wasn't that it was, that was the same game that Barrett had diarrhea the whole entire first half, right? I believe. Yes. Let me see yep. here. Yeah. So Barrett has diarrhea the entire first half, does absolutely nothing, comes back, ends up scoring 21 in this in the second half. Reddish had a decent game. Uh, Bolden stepped up. I just uh, look. I, I don't. I just. Uh, I think Duke really blows this out. It's a revenge game, and uh, we have a guy to shut. Like Jones goes on Robinson. I understand Robinson's out. Robinson is not the same player as Zion Williamson. If you think that, you're crazy. I'm sorry. You just are. Uh, Zion is on Blackshear. Barrett covers their other their other three point shooter, and we actually have guys getting boards. I, I remember that game. You see real quick, we got absolutely destroyed on the on the glass, and that just doesn't happen without Zion, as everyone has seen. Yeah, so I mean, the rebounds ended up being twenty nine twenty eight and seven seven. I would have to really find an in depth stat thing to see. Uh, this says second chance points here, zero for both teams. So clearly that's not correct. But uh, Virginia Tech benefited a ton from second chance opportunities, and I, I just don't think that uh, that happens this game. I think Duke wins. Pause. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a revenge game. Obviously, things are going to be much different with, uh, you know, Robinson being back for Virginia Tech and obviously Zion back for Duke. But, uh, yeah, I just think that ultimately Duke's talent level will prevail here. And, I mean, I think this will be a really fun game. Uh, it'll be entertaining. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Duke will, will ultimately pull this game out. Um, all right, and then in the uh, – Bottom side, Sweet 16, we have LSU against Michigan State. Um, you know, I, I just think now that Nick Ward is back, he'll be able to match up with uh, with Reed inside. And uh, I, I just think ultimately Michigan State's going to have too much. They have, they have a, f- a few better guards. Overall, they're just a better team. Um, I'm not impressed with this. I don't love this LSU team anyway. I just think they've they'll get kind of the advantages of of a few matchups uh, to get to this point. Whereas Michigan State 
really is a, you know, a top five team and a really solid team. And, you know, I'm looking forward to to seeing them playing Duke in the uh, Elite Eight. And I think they, they get the win fairly, fairly comfortable here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, um, I think that if this was not the game off the five-day, you know, break, depending on, I don't know, whether Thursday, Saturday, or, or Friday, Sunday, regardless, and then they restructure it for the following week. I think that if uh, they had Michigan State on, uh, like, you know, the, you know, one-day rest on to that weekend game, this would be a lot closer and a little bit of a different game, just like, as Paz mentioned earlier, with the likes of, you know, Winston, uh, Ward, yes, he's got a tape of broken hand. We could do that. I mentioned that. It doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it's not going to cramp up. Uh, and get te- uh, tense on them, and I, I think that if LSU had these guys on a on a game, like I said, where it's a you know back to backer essentially instead of a week rest, they would have a little bit more shot. But uh, I'm with pause here completely. Um, you know, Michigan State should be the, in my opinion, the third number one seed here uh, over North Carolina and um, you know Virginia, Duke or Duke Virginia, North or Duke Virginia, Michigan State, North Carolina. I just I think that's how good they are, and I'm with Paz too. I don't think LSU. Um, yeah, I don't know. There uh, to me, I have them here as the 21st team in, in America. So definitely benefiting from um, you know matchups here to get them to this point, and I think that sets us up for a Duke Michigan State. Um, to Duke, Michigan State. This exactly kind of coattailing on what I just mentioned about LSU. I think Duke will benefit here on with the Winston having to come up on a back-to-back, Ward having to come back on a back-to-back. I just think Duke overall, uh, Michigan State has a lot of role players. So does Duke. I just think up and down, Duke's role players are better than Michigan State's. Um, this would be the exact same situation as the 2015 National Championship. Duke was an underdog in that game, ends up winning, going on to win National Championship. We know how that whole story goes. Kind of the same setup here. Uh, we blew Michigan State out in that game. Izzo said one of the most press importances he's ever seen. And um, I just think, uh, look, I think that Duke – kind of gets a gift, obviously, in the first one, gets a gift in the second game. Uh, Virginia Tech, I don't think, is all that great, gets a gift in the third game, and they get to come here kind of almost fully rested, And whereas Michigan State's coming off probably a banger against LSU, um, And but those guys that are still you know, playing at 60%, 70%. So I, I have Duke going on here. Pause? Yeah, I do as well. Um, Krzyzewski has really good numbers against Izzo, team, Izzo coach teams. Um, so I think, not that it's in Izzo's head, but I, I think Shishetsky for some reason is just able to unlock whatever Izzo's weaknesses or whatever Izzo teams, Izzo's team's weaknesses are, and uh, he's able to exploit them. And it's pretty easy to do when you have guys like Barrett and, and Zion. And I agree with you. I mean, I think the, the quick turnaround, especially for – like for, for Winston, he's battling to, uh, a toe issue, and then he also had, I think, a back issue earlier in the season. So, like, he's sort of dealing with things that are issues with, like, legs and, you know, can really yeah, your flare turf, up turf toe, Turf so, toe needs four to five months completely off to, to heal. I mean, so that's, that's, right. that's going to linger on the whole tournament, like you said. It's a good, that's a very good point. Yeah, so it's not like it's uh, – you know, at least I understand Ward has a broken hand, but like you said, it's his offhand. You can kind of tape it up. You can take ibuprofen, like lessen the pain, and then, you know, if it cramps up on you, then you can kind of come out for a little bit. But it's, you know, it's not like you're 
like Nick Ward can still be a very effective defender in there with his broken hand, whereas if, um, you know, or mostly healed broken hand, whatever it might be, whereas if Winston can't explode off his foot or, you know, get a first step on, on a defender, like that's a lot more detrimental to his game than it would be in terms of Ward's, Ward's game. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I definitely think that uh, the quick turnaround – absolutely helps Duke here. And uh, I mean, I think they're, they're obviously just a better team anyway. And then just having some intangible things like that going on, uh, just help them even more. All right. So pause and Duke's uncut sports talk bracket has Duke coming out of the East into the final four chalky to the West Gonzaga, fairly Dickinson. Uh, listen, fairly Dickinson besides NC central, in my opinion is the uh, worst team in the tournament. And, uh, Gonzaga gets by here, Hoss? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, next, Syracuse against Baylor. So, breaking news as of, I want to say it was like two hours ago, um, Martin for – no, not Martin. Uh, Howard for uh, – Frank Howard for Syracuse failed a drug test and will not be playing for the rest of the tournament or for the, for the rest of the season. Um, and he was sort of the guy that over the last couple games with battle being out, he was the guy that really was picking up the slack and, you know, scoring 20 plus points a game, um, really just, just dominating on the offensive end. So now with battle still being a little bit of a question mark and not, you know, he's pro- they're saying that he's probably going to play, but he's not going to be, 100%. Same thing. He has a back injury. So it's something that could just flare up the day of the morning of the, you know, five minutes before the game starts, you know, in the middle of the game, whatever it might be. And I loved Syracuse in this matchup prior. I think they still can win, uh, but I'm not nearly as confident. And it's more so just because I think Baylor's going to have trouble with the, um, with the zone defense being as though they do not shoot the ball very well at all. And um, they also don't, they're not like, you know, the greatest team on the glass. So, uh, you know, I just think that Syracuse does enough offensively and defensively to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you, and I'll I'll just go kind of go over this. Uh, this was my Syracuse minus two was my all-in bet for the entire tournament uh, thus far. Um, despite the loss of Howard I'll, and and you know battle battling as I mentioned, uh, I'll I'll just share this quickly. So Baylor uh, starts go starts the season has losses to Texas Southern, Ole Miss, which is not terrible, Wichita State. SF Austin, which is terrible. TCU, not so bad. Okay. And Kansas is also not bad. So I'll, I'll, one terrible one or two terrible ones in there, not so bad. Okay. Then they lose their uh, starter, Tristan Clark, who was also their top scorer, right? He suffers a season ending injury. He suffers that season ending injury. They go one, two, Three, four, five. They go two and three over their next five. Okay. Then they lose King McClure, who's still battling the sprain, basically, as if like Zion came back and was struggling and not playing well. 
He they lose him. They drop another one to Texas Tech. He comes back. They win three in a row, still, but he's still struggling. Then Makai Mason gets turf toe. So now they have their top scorers gone for the year. McClure still playing with MCL troubles, and Makai Mason has turf toe. They go 0 for 4 with the three of them in trouble. I just think that this team, first of all, I don't think they should be in the tournament. That's one. There's, there's many other teams that finish better, look better. Um, I mean, it's not like, look, Kansas State by six. Yes, fine. That's a close one. You should never lose a game to Oklahoma State. They're awful. Lose to them by three at home. You get beat by Kansas by eight, and then you have a time to put up or, or shut up with a complete week off for these, you know, really just the two guys to heal because the one guy's out for the year. And you get completely waxed by Iowa State, who took out their starters with seven minutes to go in that tournament game and still beat you by 17. Um, I just think, look, uh, I don't think this team is any good. And I just think even with that Howard out, I I still think Syracuse is good enough to at least get by here. Yep, good points. Okay. Um, Marquette, Murray State. I think – this is going to be an interesting game from the standpoint of people wanting to see Howard versus Morant. No doubt about it. Um, to me, here's the difference. And I know his count, Howard's counterparts have not been great over the last, I don't know, seven or eight games. I, I'm, I, I get it, and I'm cool with that. Um, but Howard can also play defense. So if Howard D's up Morant, which is what should possibly happen, right? Let's just say they both go off and, and whatever. Let's say they score their 30 each, okay? If you just take an X and put yourself an X through Morant and you put an X through Howard, right? Completely take them off and just make this a four-on-four game. Do you, does, is anybody besides Morant on that Murray State team fear you, have give you any fear at all? And to me, they just don't. You have... Sam, the Hauser brothers shooting 40% from three and 44% from three. You have uh, a, a hen, however you say it, when they bring one of the uh, other houses out, he comes in, he shoots 40% from three. And they're the second best defensive team in all uh, in America. So if, uh, I mean, they haven't played well, they haven't finished games well, but to me, you cross out two names, and I know everyone's in love with the big names, and both, believe me, they're both big names. I wish they were in opposite games, because then I'd like to see what they could do, you know, against other teams, but I just, I don't know how you have a, I don't know how a team that has a strength of schedule, which is negative 4.77, and then a a non-conference strength schedule, negative 12, which is absolutely atrocious to a Marquette team who has a strength schedule of eight and a good non-conference schedule. And is just, if you, like I said, you cross out Howard, you cross out Morant, they're going to do their things. The counterparts to Marquette and the defense drastically dominates Murray state. Um, and I, and I, the, you know, the one place maybe, um, that, that Murray State can make it up, you would think would be rebounding. But if you, what I did is I took who they actually rebound against. And if you actually take who they rebound against, they actually get a breakdown percentage to 8.5. So it's like a, almost like an 8.5% rebounding to other teams that are well ahead of them. Whereas Marquette, when you break down who they rebounded against, they get a 26 1. 
So, I mean, if that's what your kind of play is, that you're going to get them on the rebounding end, a 26-1 to an 8.5 is also a very drastic difference. I mean, 26-1 is right with the likes of Iowa, Minnesota on the glass, Syracuse, Houston is a 25-6, Baylor, Old Miss. You know, the likes of where Murray State ranks with that uh, rebounding is Northeastern, Yale, New Mexico State. St. Louis, Georgia State, I mean, which side do you want to be on? Uh, and to me, that that's the difference in the game. So I like Marquette here. Pause? Yeah, you, you hit everything on the head. I think this is a Marquette win as well. Um, the one thing that I think Murray State, like you were saying, you were just talking about the rebounding, but the one thing that Murray State does do better than Marquette is the offensive rebounding. But Marquette is, I believe, top – can't remember exactly the number, but I want to say they were like 23rd in the nation in terms of opponent offensive rebounding percentage, like prevented or whatever. Um, so they don't really allow very many offensive rebounds anyway. So the advantage, the one advantage that Murray State could have possibly had is completely negated by the fact that Marquette um, does not allow their opponents to rebound on the offensive glass very well anyway. So uh, I don't think, and I think that was the only place that, that Murray State possibly has an advantage in this game. Everywhere else, Marquette is the better team, and uh, I think they'll show it here. I am very excited to watch this game. It is at 4.30, um, so I am going to get out of work at basically once the market closes, and I will, this is the one game that I'm going to have on the main TV, um, you know, kind of once it starts and, and whatever, I'll have another game or two on, on iPads and my computer, but I will be absolutely tuned into this game because as much as, you know, as much as these are two teams that maybe can't make too big a runs or whatever, um, I do believe that these two guys will be good NBA players and they're just going to be, they're just fun to watch. So um, I kind of hope they both go for 30 points and then the ancillary players on Marquette, as you mentioned, Rhino, uh, you know, being better than the ancillary players on Murray State will just kind of take the cake there. Um, All right, next we have, uh, Florida State, Vermont. Uh, I think this Vermont team is a good team for a mid-major, but I like this Florida State team. I've been talking about them as well uh, since you know earlier in the season. I think they're a little underrated, and they kind of showed that knocking off Virginia in the AC tournament, kind of taking Duke a little bit into the second half, uh, but then ultimately just didn't have enough for them, and uh, I think they win this game handily. Yeah, I'm not going to race much crazy time. Uh, the, what's great is people are talking about how Vermont is going to be a sleeper team because they knocked out UMBC in their conference title win because UMBC beat Virginia last year as a 16 seed. I, I mean, they just have no – there's no correlation there. I don't understand why that's people's argument to why Vermont's going to win this game. That's fine. Uh, Vermont relies on their defense. Um, so does Florida State. Vermont's best player is an inside player. Florida State had the number one inside the paint defense in the entire ACC and the number four defense in the entire NCAA inside the paint. So that's like, you know, a two-point scoring. Um, You know, I don't know where their three-point ranks at, but for me, I looked at, okay, Vermont's best players here, Florida State's best key assets here. Um, Another thing people are talking about is how Vermont has a great defense because they held their uh, opponents uh, to under 60 points per game in league play. Um, they faced 
Bear, I just have wrong spreadsheet. They faced here the let's see their their actual offenses face is a 2.7 uh, number. So holding a 2.7 number, which is almost going to negatives about how bad of offenses they played to under under 60 points a game, uh, doesn't do anything for me. No thank you. So Florida State for Poznan moves on. <clears throat> Buffalo against the winner of Arizona State St. John's. Uh, this is another one for me that uh, I mean I guess a lot of the eight nine six twelves are gonna, or your six elevens are going to be that way. But um, if Buffalo plays St. John's, that will be you minus you know you'll be like watching like Oklahoma City against the Golden State Warriors. They both play Mullen coaches a straight up uh, NBA style offense, as does I can't think of the coach's name that replaced Hurley at Buffalo. Both NBA style offenses, both play no defense, run up and down the court, chuck up threes, chuck up this, that, and the other thing. Um, I don't think Arizona State is any good at all, so. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tonight because St. John's honestly isn't really all that good. Um, so, I mean, maybe this is one you come back to and split. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I guess Buffalo here. I just, I just, I just think St. John's and Arizona State are really not all that good, and I think Buffalo would beat St. John's in the NBA game. And I think Buffalo is just better than Arizona state. So I guess here Buffalo, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not cemented to, to this at all. Pause. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could talk you off a cliff here, but I, I hate this Buffalo team as I've spoken about again on this show, but I also really don't like Arizona state or St. John's. So just give me Buffalo from the standpoint that I hate Buffalo less. And I think they're just, an all-around better team than um, than either St. John's or Arizona State. Um, all right, the next game is Texas Tech Northern Kentucky. Um, if you take out Texas Tech's awful loss to West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament, um, they were on a nice little run there. Their offense was playing really well. I just think that they're too much for Northern Kentucky um, as, you know, Northern Kentucky is a nice little team, but I just think that they drew a, a very bad matchup here. Uh, Texas Tech is one of the better defenses in the country. Um, let's see. I'm pulling up the stat here. Let's see. Oh, where the hell is Texas Tech? Um, okay. Yeah, I mean – in terms of like Northern Kentucky, they don't shoot the three great. They don't, um, they don't offensive rebound very well. Um, they aren't great on the defensive end. I just think that Texas tech just has too much here. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, look, Northern Kentucky staple is that they're the best three point shooting team in the conference. Um, I really don't care about what you do in the horizon league. Um, and this is, you know, this, is a second to bottom tier for me. I have them as the 59 team in the entire tournament. I just think Tex Tech is too much. I, I think almost the West Virginia thing was almost kind of a pack in. I don't know if they could improve or downgrade there as the way the committee selected. It looks like if that's what they chose to do, just pack it in. The committee really weighed nothing in the conference tournaments besides really giving Duke the overall number one seed. Michigan state kind of got fucked. Michigan got helped by losing. Um, so uh, you know, Gonzaga didn't drop by losing their conference tournament. So, um, you know, maybe they had the right idea. Let's get a couple extra days break, but you don't want to be 
you know, if you're the number one shooting three-point team in your conference at 37%, the team that you don't want to be facing is what's considered the first or second best defense in the entire NCAA. Um, you know, and even with their, let's see, with their adjusted number defensively um, against who they've played, I mean, they're still Duke, Michigan, Wisconsin are the only three teams that actually have a better defense than Texas Tech if you uh, rate the defense versus offensive played. So, I mean, they have the fourth best defense in, in America. You don't want to be playing them to, you know, shoot threes away. It's a tough matchup for Northern Kentucky. They probably could have done something against, uh, let's see, who else is the threes? Houston, they probably could have done something against Houston. LSU, they could have definitely done something on the perimeter. But, you know, that's a tough draw for them, unfortunately. Yeah, like I think uh, I really wish I really wish that Northern Kentucky drew LSU and that Yale drew Texas Tech. I think those the those two matchups would have been far closer, and I think they would have been better games. But unfortunately, and I think you know the the lower seed obviously would have had a much better chance to win. But unfortunately, this is sort of like a again like a a no win matchup for uh, for Northern Kentucky. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, just an update. North Dakota State had a 13-point lead. It's been trimmed down to 6, 13, 20 to play in the second half if you're listening and not watching. Uh, Nevada, Florida. <clears throat> this one, while a 7-10 matchup, is not as close to me as I think a lot of you know, a lot of these others that are in, in the same slotted area. Uh, I just think Florida is an overall all-around better team. They, While the SEC I don't think is all that great this year, um, uh, I think they're just better. Um, they've played way better teams. Nevada is in the near bottom um, of strength of schedule in this whole tournament. I mean, let's see, they're one. There's only one, two. There's only two. To UC, no, no. Uh, VCU and Utah State are the only teams that are not in uh, like a crazy conference that has a harder or an easier schedule than Nevada. That's that's really embarrassing and telling. I mean, Nevada's strength of schedule is around the likes of North Dakota State, Bradley, Old Dominion, uh, Yale. Like that's that's pretty embarrassing. And uh, <clears throat> look, they're going to go as Caleb Martin goes. Uh, Florida, one of the better defenses in uh, all of America. If and their offense started to get going uh, towards the end of the year, a lot like Texas Tech, a uh, very good defense that just could not find a set offense. Um, uh, uh, Andrew, is it Nim, Nimhard, Nim, Nimhard or whatever, however you say it, uh, has been really, really good uh, lately. Uh, Kavion Allen um, uh, has kind of really turned it around, and he forces a ton of turnovers. He's an on-ball defender like Trey Jones, and that and that's huge in the tournament. I just think, uh, look, uh, Nevada relies on one guy. Uh, this is like I said on our you know Sunday selection show. Caleb Martin gets hot. Just get on Nevada live because they're going to go. But if he doesn't, uh, this is this game's for the taking. I'd rather take the 10 points with the seed plus the win uh, than rely if Caleb Martin's going to show up or not uh, from a bracket standpoint. Uh, you know, a betting standpoint, maybe a different story. But uh, from a bracket standpoint, to me, this is Florida. Pause? Yeah, I have no arguments. I I hate both of these teams. And I, in all of my brackets, again, I'm just going to take Florida because I trust them on the defensive end more than I trust any other portion of this game. 
and uh, you know any other portion of the the matchup here. And again, they're the lower seed, so you get some lower seed points and and hope that they move through. But um, I think on the I think the spread's only like two, so obviously everyone or Vegas especially thinks this game is going to be close too. So um, I expect it to be close, and uh, I yeah. think the better offensive team will just kind of win. So. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be close. You know, um, like I said, Florida, Florida doesn't have a great, really great at all uh, offensive set, but um, they can do more than just enough, and the defense can keep them in the game. It, this should be a very close one. Is this a is this a close? Usually, these either open or close the uh, cards. Where is this one here? Uh, I I had the schedule up, but then I uh, it starts six six. It's a six fifty. That's an interesting. Usually, they either they're the opener and closers. Oh no no the eight nines are always the openers and no yeah yeah no Minnesota Louisville ten seven yeah usually they open it yeah and then Friday Iowa Cincinnati ten seven yeah usually they open and close the card but all right so yeah so that's a that's a midday or on Thursday a six fifty that's the one where you got a little bit of a break and uh, play a couple games of beer pong or funnel some beers and then you get right back at it at six fifty so Florida and Nevada will do that for you uh, take it away Bob. Yeah, the Seton Hall Wofford game will close the or basically close the card like it's in that last section with uh, a couple of the other games. So there is a ten okay. seven sort of closing the closing the card tomorrow. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, all right, Michigan Montana. Um, I don't really have much to say here. Michigan just a far better defensive team. Um, they'll be able to score against this Montana team who does not. Uh, let's see, who is not great on the offensive end. Uh, sorry, on the defensive end, they give up the three ball. Um, they give up the offensive rebounds, and uh, Michigan sort of uh, does very well on the offensive glass as well. Well, not very well, but they do all right on the offensive glass. So I just think that they're they're too good here. They don't turn the ball over. Um, yeah, uh, Michigan easily here. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, Gonzaga-Syracuse, not going to take up much time here. If uh, Syracuse had a full complement, I, I don't think they had enough to beat Gonzaga. I do think someone does coming up. But uh, I didn't think Syracuse had the complemental parts. They're not built for a team that's built to kind of beat Gonzaga. Uh, you need to be long and be able to uh, score at will. Syracuse has trouble scoring while their defense is elite. I just I didn't think they would, they're a team that matched up well. So now without battle also, uh, for me, Gonzaga here. Uh, I really hate or ha- or without word. without Howard, I apologize. Without Howard, uh, not battle. Yeah, I really hate to go back on my word, and you know Howard's guaranteeing that they don't make it out of the first round, the first weekend. But I mean, this is just like worst case scenario now in terms of matchup. Um, you know, the one guy or the, the one of the two guys that can really fill it up on the offensive end for for Syracuse isn't uh, isn't there anymore. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, America. I have to go back on my word and my guarantee that that Gonzaga is going to not make it out of the first weekend. They will make it to weekend number two, unfortunately. Um, All right. The next matchup is, uh, what are we at? Marquette and Florida State. So this is going to be another game, I think, that is going to be really fun to watch. Um, I just think that Florida State is going to be able to dominate the inside, um, and they they shoot the three ball okay to kind of keep pace with Marquette. 
Um, and I just think they'll have too much on the offensive glass, the defensive glass, and they will be able to uh, turn Marquette over because that's obviously one of their big Achilles heels. And uh, I just think Florida State will uh, win this matchup. Yeah, I just think the big difference here is that, look, uh, the teams Marquette struggles against are guys that are big and long, that are athletic. Uh, dropped Indiana, long, athletic. Kansas, long, athletic. St. John's twice, long and athletic. They throw guys out there. Nova, Creighton, Seton Hall twice. All those teams have long, athletic. They're not big guys you pound the ball into. They're long, athletic guys who could go out anywhere. That's exactly what Florida State is. This is the worst matchup that Marquette could have come out of the second round. For me, Florida State, and I actually uh, – uh, while pause things would be good to watch, I think this is going to be blowout city. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, maybe if Florida, if Marquette's defense disrupts Florida State enough where they don't shoot that all that well, which does happen to Florida State every now and then, then it stays close. But if Florida State is shooting the ball at a even decent rate, you know, somewhere around 30%, uh, I think this gets a or high 30s, this gets a little out of control. Uh, Buffalo, Texas yeah, this Tech. Team, this, I'm sorry, I don't want to. I know we're sort of running short on time here, um, but yes, this no, team man, could guys, absolutely get ugly. You're right. Um, you're you're absolutely right. This could get ugly. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, Texas Tech. Look, both Paz and I said we can't stand Buffalo. Texas Tech is just – you cannot run an NBA-style offense against Texas Tech, and we don't like Buffalo, Arizona State, or St. John. So, for me, this is an easy one, not much to say. Texas Tech locks down their defense and just scores consistently enough to make Buffalo, who plays no defense at all, which helps out Texas Tech. This could also get ugly. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to waste any more time here either. Uh, Bang it, Texas Tech. Um, All right, now a very, very interesting matchup because both teams basically do – these are two teams that are matched up, and they basically do the exact same thing. They play really tight defense. Their offense isn't great. Um, You know, they they sort of – I think Michigan – sorry, the game is Michigan against Florida. Um, I think Michigan is a a much more – efficient offense, but that still doesn't mean that they're great on the offensive end. Um, I do think that Michigan is the better team overall, um, but I think this is going to be one of those games where the only reason you you are paying attention to it is because it's a, you know, the number two seed. But if this was like, if two teams like this were matched up on day one, I would not have this game on at all because it's just going to be an ugly bang slugfest, you know, guys uh, banging on the board, guys banging into each other on defense because they both play great lockdown D. Um, This is going to be an ugly, ugly game. And ultimately I think Michigan wins, but if you, this is a game where I could absolutely, as much as I dislike Florida, this is just a bad matchup for Michigan. Um, And I think that they could absolutely be upset here. And like I said, if you have a stronger opinion here, um, I am not opposed to going, you know, flipping and, and going the opposite way here. Um, no, so for me, when in matchups happen like this, where two teams are basically identical, and it's something we kind of brought out about Wisconsin a lot and the likes of like Virginia, uh, when two teams match up and they're they basically the exact same team, you go with who's better. Michigan is just better offensively and better defensively than Florida is, and they played better teams. And uh, to me, I just look, Florida struggles to get going offensively often. Michigan has offensive woes, but 
I mean, you're talking like there's times that Florida is like uh, putting up like 20 max and a half. Like that doesn't happen in Michigan. So I just, for me, it's just, look, you go with the T. I think they're just better offensively. I'm not saying they're great, but I'm saying they match. They're the exact same team and Michigan beats them in, in every single category, in my opinion. Strength of schedule, offense, defense efficiently. They, they're not a great rebounding team, but that's because they play the small set, just like Virginia. Virginia's not the greatest rebounding team ever either. Uh, for me, it's just straight up. It's just Michigan. They're just better on the three facets and that play the same style of basketball. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, but like I said, if, if this is the matchup and Florida ends up winning this game, are you going to be like totally surprised? Uh, no, because I don't think Michigan's offense is as good as it's been in the previous two years where they have like, Oh, you know, a lot, they play lockdown and they shut you down for four or five minutes and they're scoring at that rate too. Uh, this year to me, they're kind of where they go four or five minutes. They're not, they're playing lockdown D, but they're also not scoring. So, uh, no, I would not be completely shocked. I just, I would be a little shocked because I just don't think – I think Florida's offensive set, which a lot of people see, is very, very bad. Um, while they did turn it up in the yeah, ACC absolutely. tournament, it's 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 rough. Um, yeah, I, I is agree. it on me? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, uh, Gonzaga, you. Florida State. This is a tough one. Um, I, I'm willing to do flip it either way. I don't think Gonzaga is that great. I have them ranked as the 11, t- 11 team, and I had them as a three seed um, when we are going in. Uh, I have Florida State at 16. Um, Gonzaga's true offensive and defense number is 36-2. FSU's is 33-3. I mean, they're right here. Um, just the only thing that scares me about FSU is that, like, Hamilton, they play so many guys that, like, if someone gets hot, Hamilton, like, has no problem just benching them. And then, like, you, it's almost like when you bring in, like, a, a bunch of relievers, like, and you just c- keep playing that style of baseball and you're in a playoff game, you just keep throwing them out there. Eventually, one of them is just going to uh, – or several of them are going to be cold. And, like, he doesn't mind sitting the hot hand to bring a couple cold ones up. That's my con- that's my only concern. I don't care about this one. Either way, I could see both teams winning. I'm okay with whatever you want to go with. Yeah, I really wish you had a better opinion here. Um, I am higher on this Florida State team than you are, and I really I think this uh, Gonzaga team can get exposed by Florida State. Florida State plays really good defense, and they don't they aren't like a, a big tempo team. Like that's basically how St. Mary's beat uh, beat Gonzaga. They slowed the game down, they packed in their defense, and they made Gonzaga beat them from the outside. That's exactly something that I think uh, Florida State can do as well. Um, and they can absolutely score with them on the offensive end, um, you know, and from that standpoint. I think Florida State pulls the upset here. Like I said, I'm a little higher on Florida State than you are, so I can understand, you know, if you didn't want to go that way for the for the joint bracket. But um, I, if, you know, I, I assume that I will have this matchup in my own brackets, and I will definitely have Florida State knocking off Gonzaga here. Yeah, I'm cool with Florida State. That's good. Uh, North Dakota State getting absolutely dominated on the glass has blew a 13-point lead down to 58-58. They're getting out-rebounded on the glass 42-27. to That's whew, that's a lot of missed shots, but also really bad. How are they shooting 44 and 50%? This, this, these stats have got to be wrong, though. They're shooting 44, 41, and 50 and 42, but there's been 42, and that doesn't add up correctly. I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, on you. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Texas Tech, Michigan. Um, look, 
I'm, I think I'm going to jump back on the bandwagon here with this Texas Tech team. I think their offense is coming around to the point where it's a very good offense and obviously a very good defense. Same thing here. I think, you know, Texas Tech and uh, Michigan sort of do the same things from a, you know, do the same things well from a defensive standpoint and like a rebounding standpoint. Um, and I just think Texas Tech's offense is a little bit more efficient. Uh, Jared Culver has been a beast recently. I, I think he'll put them over the top, and I think uh, Texas Tech will win this game. Uh, this one, I don't know. I, I hate I hate Texas Tech, man. I don't know if I could take them here. They had they just haven't played anybody, man. I know you have your Kansas State boys in the Big Twelve, but the Big Twelve stinks this year. Uh, I have Michigan at 41-1 as the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5th best team and Texas Tech as the 11th best team at 35-1. Texas Tech is an absolute for you, man, or what? Sorry, Pause. I was on mute. No, they're not an yeah. absolute. Sorry, I was on mute. No, they're not an absolute for me. I can be swayed either way. I just, I just think that Michigan could be in trouble on the offensive end in this game. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, I just I th- I like Michigan's offense over Texas Tech's, and they basically have the same D. What is the yeah, real uh, D like number? Said, Texas um, Tech twenty one nine. Yeah, like Michigan's real D number is twenty three two. Texas Tech twenty one nine. So I like Michigan here. Yeah, Are you okay uh, with Michigan? Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with that. All right. Final four, Florida State, Michigan. Um, I would have to go Michigan still. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was going to go the other way, it would be Texas Tech and then Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech beats Florida State at, or Michigan beats Florida State, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. We either uh, got to decide. Like- it's either got to be – it's either got to be – Texas Tech over Michigan and Florida State over Texas Tech or Michigan over Texas Tech and Michigan over Florida State. So who do you want in the final four? Florida State yeah. or Michigan? No, I'd, I'd, I think I'd rather have Michigan in the final four. Okay, so Michigan over Florida State. All right, so that that's the left side. Florida State, Michigan. Uh, man, we got to uh, – I guess we got to speed up yeah, a little we bit here. We, <laughs> all right, um, Duke, Michigan. Let's, let's clear that side. Uh, I like Duke. Do you like Michigan yeah, over done. Duke? Book it. Done. Duke. No. All right. Duke into the national championship. All right. Virginia over Garden Web, Virginia. Skip. Ole Miss, Oklahoma. This, I think, uh, in my opinion, I don't. I still don't understand how Ole Miss is the favorite in this game. Um, yes. Are they kind of close? Yeah, they're semi-close. Um, I have Oklahoma around 24 at 28-2 and Ole Miss around 33 at 23-8. Um, I just think Oklahoma is the is the better team uh, and kind of really period. Uh, and I, I think this is one of the not-so-close 8-9 seeds. Um, yes, they swept Auburn in conference play. Great. Auburn didn't play any type of basketball until uh, the SEC tournament. Um, you know, Oklahoma, only Oklahoma State was a worse offensive team in the Big 12. Uh, but their defense is, is pretty high up there, and they have uh, a very good assist uh, turnover ratio. I, I like Oklahoma. Pause. Yeah, that's fine with me. I mean, this is a complete toss-up game to me. Um, I 
do think that Oklahoma is probably the slightly better team. I haven't been impressed with this Ole Miss team at all. Um, so I just think Oklahoma will probably win this game. Um, all right, next is Wisconsin and Oregon. So this has been a big point of contention, I feel like, on whenever, if you watch any March Madness show, any bracket show, I feel like every single person is picking Oregon to win this game. The spread opened, I think, as Wisconsin as like a three-point favorite, and now Oregon is all the way up to a one-point favorite here. So a four-point swing in terms of the spread. I don't know. I can't get behind this Oregon team at all. I understand they've won like seven games in a row, but they've won seven games in a row against the Pac-12, which as we've documented many times on this show is, you know, like the ninth or 10th best conference in the league. So they're basically playing against the same, the same teams that, you know, like Murray state was playing against in the OVC and, you know, teams like that. So I, I can't trust this Oregon team at all. I don't, I, I don't think that they, they've really beaten anybody and I'm just going to trust Michigan and Hap on the inside to, to kind of win this game in a close one. And, you know, for that reason, from a bet standpoint, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get to be able to get to our best bets and stuff, but this will be one of my uh, better bets of the, of the first round. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, Kansas state UC Irvine, this because this game becomes somewhat interesting because Wade is now doubtful. Um, I don't like Kansas State. I don't love them all that much. Uh, I still have them as one of the top 20 teams in in the tournament. Uh, UC Irvine is kind of down around the likes of 56 for me. Uh, haven't really played anybody, but um, I understand the injury kind of sways you. And if you want to pick up points here uh, with a 13 seed, which would give you, you know, the points in the win, I'm cool with it. Uh, I'm cool either one here. doesn't matter. Another offensive rebound for freaking Central Florida or Central. Go ahead, pause. Yeah, so I, I know I texted you yesterday and said I think Kansas State's going to lose their first matchup, but then I I sort of went back and looked at a few different things. Um, Wade also missed the tournament last year, and this team went to the Elite Eight, almost went to the Final Four. I I just think that they're going to be too much for UC Irvine here. Um, look, I, people were comparing UC Irvine to the 91 UNLV team as the last big West team that's won 30 games. Yeah. But you know who that big, uh, that UNLV team had on its team. They had uh, Greg Anthony and Larry Johnson. And uh, who's the other guy that I can't think of. Uh, uh, Whatever. They had one other guy that went to the NBA on that team. So, you know, to try to compare this UC Irvine team to a team that had one hall of famer and, and two other very solid NBA players is, is a really big stretch. I just think that Brown is going to be able to – Brown and Snead will be able to carry the team through this matchup. Um, and then hopefully Wisconsin wins the, the other matchup because I think then that'll just be another dream matchup for them for a team that really can't score, that they'll be able to defend on the defensive end, and uh, you know they'll be able to score a little bit more than, than they do. I know I kind of talked about the future game, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about, about that. Um, all right, next is Nova St. Mary's. Um, I hate the, all the love that this St. Mary's team is getting. I think Nova's going to blow them out of the water. I hate this Nova team, but I just hate the St. Mary's team even more. I think they blow, um, and I think Nova will wipe the gym with them, and uh, this game won't even be close. This is going to be another game that I would put real, you know, would be one of my better bets of the of the tournament, of the first round. 
Yeah, I mean, if you don't like Gonzaga, you don't like St. Mary's. If you like Gonzaga, you like St. Mary's. The fact that this team went from being out of the tournament to all of a sudden people say they're going to the Final Four because they beat Gonzaga one time, I mean, please stop. I'm with you. Nova. Uh, Purdue Old Dominion. Also, how did, uh, I've been... how did this team – quick quick question. How did this team become from go from out of the tournament to an 11 seed? That's a total joke. Uh, they should yeah, absolutely be too. playing right. – if they're going to be an 11 seed, they should be playing either Arizona State or St. John's tonight. Not that Arizona State should go any higher, but there's no way that they're a better team than Arizona State or St. John's. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Uh, Purdue. Purdue, I, I, Purdue Old Dominion, I think Purdue is one of the sneakiest teams in the tournament, like I said to everybody. Uh, I have Purdue here. Uh, the spread's 13, which is pretty hefty, and, and they may sure cover it. Uh, just need to hope that Edwards is healthy, ready to rock and roll. Uh, I have Purdue. Ultimate, excuse me, is one of the bottom teams, in my opinion, in the tournament. Uh, Purdue for me. Pause? Yeah, no no reason to waste more time. Absolutely Purdue here. Uh, all right, next is Cincinnati against Iowa. So Cincinnati got a nice, maybe their signature win of the season, beating Houston in the AAC tournament uh, final. And I just think Cincinnati's playing much better right now than Iowa is. Iowa was in the top, I want to say, like 15 earlier in the season. And then they were they had some really lucky wins, big comebacks, uh, you know, buzzer beaters. And now they're sort of just coming back down to earth. And they got into the tournament based off of their, um, you know, the reputation from earlier in the season and the wins they piled up there. I just think Cincinnati's too much for them here, uh, much more physical. Um, we'll be able to limit them on the three-point end, and Iowa away from their home court is a completely different team. I understand this is a, you know, a neutral court, but this game's actually in Columbus, and which is not too far from Cincinnati. And I think that Cincinnati probably has, you know, 80% of the crowd here at the very least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually like Iowa better here, although, but I'm okay with going with Cincinnati. This conference is so bad, and. Um... Yeah, they'll get waxed next round anyway, so it is what it is. Cincinnati, uh, Tennessee, Colgate. Colgate is – are they the worst? Mm, yeah, they're the uh, – I have them as the ninth worst team in the tournament. Tennessee here, big. Boss? Yep, okay, go back to the top. All right. Virginia, Oklahoma, uh, for me, this is plain simple, Virginia. Yep, next. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin, Kansas State, as I sort of uh, – uh, you know, foreshadowed a little bit prior. I think this is the perfect matchup for a banged-up Kansas State team. Um, they can absolutely just – they're two teams that slow the game down. Uh, Kansas State might be slightly better on the defensive end, and they're also, I think, slightly better on the offensive end um, just because the, the matchups that they'll be able to create on the offensive end and be able to limit half defensively, uh, I really like them here. Um I think that if they were drawing any other five seed, I think I'd probably be off of them here, but I, I think this is just like the perfect, perfect matchup for them. Okay. Uh, I'm cool with that. So that's what Kansas State you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nova, Villanova, Purdue. I just, like I said, Purdue's one of the sleepy uh, sleeper teams for me uh, that people are kind of, you know, not talking about, not really thinking about. I think they've done a lot, and they're a good basketball team, and I don't think Nova is any good at all. Uh, Purdue. Pause, agree? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, next is Cincy and Tennessee. Um, I know you said you liked Iowa better. I just think Tennessee's too much here for Cincinnati. 
I don't really have much more to say. I, I just think all around Tennessee is a much better team, especially with uh, especially with the way Bone has been playing recently. He's been playing really well on the offensive end and sort of adding that that third score to uh, Williams and Schofield. So I think this is they just have too much uh, for Tennessee on the offensive end. Yep, I agree. Uh, Virginia, Kansas State. Uh, I just think Virginia is the second best team in the country. Kansas State playing uh, with limited health, as it would seem, and I think Virginia should be able to take care of them pretty handily here. Yeah, I, I agree. The only the only advantage, not advantage, but the only thing saving grace that Kansas State has is that Virginia also plays really slowly um, on the offensive end, so they they sort of had have very similar styles, but. Without Wade, I mean, you can't really – you can't argue the fact that – I mean, even with Wade, you might not be able to argue the fact that Virginia just has better players. But, I mean, without Wade, um, you know, as much as I love them and I love the 100-to-1 future that we have, um, I think that future will be going down um, at this point. Okay. Uh, and then the bottom side. So, Purdue-Tennessee, I, I think this is going to be a very good game. Um, I just, for some reason, my gut feeling is telling me that Carson Edwards is going to be able to lead them to victory here. Um, I, I don't know why. I feel like all the numbers kind of are screaming opposite and, and are screaming Tennessee, but I don't know. I just have like a, a weird feeling here that Carson Edwards is going to go for like 35 in this game. And, uh, you know, they're going to be able to shut Tennessee down just enough on the defensive end and, and pull out like a really close game. No, I'm with you 100%. I have Purdue all over this game, no doubt about it. Uh, they're they're one of my higher picks of the of this tournament. Uh, Virginia Purdue. Uh, Paz and I have been saying all year, kind of Virginia Purdue one A one B. Virginia should be able to cut uh, completely shut down Edwards, and that will make a serious problem for Purdue, as we've spoke about all year. He has of the teams that have a like you know that one elite player he has the least help of everybody around them and i think that benefits in virginia's favor in a big big way uh so i like virginia here over purdue uh yeah not much more to say here i mean we've you know we kind of wavered back and forth a little bit on this virginia team but i feel like this this bracket just sets up so nicely for them i mean they're going to get the winner of Oklahoma, Ole Miss, who doesn't really matter. They're going to get the winner of Kansas State, Wisconsin, who they can't score on the offensive end, and Virginia just has a far better defense than either one of them. Um, and then they get a Purdue team, or a ten- even if they get the Tennessee team, I mean, it's just a team that they're, again, going to be able to shut down on the defensive end and will not be able to stop them on the offensive end. So. I feel like this is just a dream bracket for for Virginia, assuming they get past uh, Gardner Webb. I guess in the in that first game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. To the bottom. Uh, I'm going to move North Carolina over Iona. Utah State, Washington, uh, as Paz and I mentioned all season, uh, the Pac-12 is absolutely atrocious. Washington doesn't even belong in this tournament. And uh, I think Utah State is not uh, able, definitely able to knock off a bad team. Uh, I have Washington a little bit above uh, Utah State, but I am completely willing and have no problem uh, stealing eight points here to watch an overrated team in an awful conference uh, uh, get tittied. Uh, Pause, or, or do you like Washington more than what Utah State is offering? Because I do, I would understand that because no. they don't offer all that much. No, the only the only thing I will say, 
um, is that Washington is decent on the defensive end, but uh, I hate this team. I think they, I, uh, I think they are awful. Um, so just give me Utah State here, and you know this is a game on Friday night that at 6:50. Luckily, Duke starts 20 minutes later, so we don't have to worry about you know what to watch at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see Washington uh, winning this game. I really can't. Sorry. Especially, well, I guess both of these teams are coming east. They're, the game's in Columbus, so uh, both West Coast teams coming east. So it's not like the uh, you know the the home court advantage or whatever will come into play here at all. So yeah, just just give me Utah State. I think they're I just think they're a better team. I really just think that's what it comes down to. Um, all right, next is Auburn versus New Mexico State. So I know that New Mexico State is sort of a a sexy pick for the last couple of seasons. They've uh, you know I think they've been a 12 seed like the last two or three years, and I feel like you heard a ton about them every single time, and you know people experts and stuff picking them to win, and they never have. Um, once again, I think Auburn's just playing too well right now to beat them. Not that I love this Auburn team at all, but I ugh, I don't know I I I just think they're too good for New Mexico State, but. If you, you know, this is another one. If you feel differently, I would not have an issue moving uh, New Mexico State ahead. No, unfortunately, I really, really love New Mexico, this New Mexico State team. I've watched them a couple times, and they were a big sleeper pick for me. And this is the worst, uh, one of the worst matchups they could have drawn. They really, really dominate the offensive glass and the glass overall. And that's exactly what Auburn does to be successful. Uh, You know, the likes of Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Duke, are teams they just could not see, and um, that's who they draw. So for me, it's Auburn. I wish this was somewhere else. Like I was praying that they would get uh, a 13 against Iowa State, who's right down the way there, or a um, an 11 uh, with uh, against Iowa State, who's right down the way there, who's someone they could easily knock off. But unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that. Uh, Auburn likes, loves Auburn, and Bruce Pearl love not to show up though. So I wouldn't be like. You know, I wouldn't lose my mind if I saw something happen here. It, it would. This would be one like you kind of asked me about the Michigan, Florida. This would be one that I would not be shocked at all if we're watching and we see uh, New Mexico State pulls it off because that's just kind of how Bruce Pearl and that this Auburn team goes. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. And also, New Mexico State's a yeah. team. It's just uh, you know you have to unfortunately not unfortunately, but you got to play matchups a lot in, in March Madness, and this is just not not a favorable one for them. Uh, yeah, Kansas Northeastern, why I hate this Kansas team and the injuries and the suspensions and Bill Self's a complete scum. Uh, Northeastern is, you know, uh, I don't, uh, again, like, uh, again, uh, like this, if New Mexico state draws Kansas, I'm, I'm all about them. Um, I just look, uh, they're so bad on the boards and, um, I did a fan duel and I built it around. I, I why am I going to call him Lankford? That's not his name. It, Starts with an L. Why is like Langford just keeps coming through my brain? What's his name? Lawson. Thank you. Lawson. Lawson. Yeah. Lawson should just uh, is gonna dominate these guys in the paint. And again, this is a, a northeastern team where I had in the tier with New Mexico State and uh, and Murray State, Belmont, and, and Liberty, and uh, didn't get a, the draw I was hoping for. Which unfortunately I'm being repetitive. I mentioned the exact same thing as this bracket was unavailable on our Sunday show, but. Uh, I tried to look deep and hard and, and say to myself, you know, stick with the guys you like the sleepers, but I just can't get past the differences here. Yeah. Same with me. I, I like this Northeastern team a lot. I wish that they drew, um, you know, drew a little bit better, 
because I hate this Kansas team too. I think Northeastern does a lot of good things. Um, I think from a spread perspective, um, I'm not exactly sure what the number is currently. I could look it up really quickly. Um, I know we're running a little short, so I don't want to take too much time. But I feel like this is probably like an eight-point spread. I think I would it's, definitely it's take seven. that eight points. Is it seven? Okay. Yeah, um, and it hasn't moved yeah, at all. I think it's I would, been stuck there yeah. since the Open, so it's not nobody's really interested. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would take this seven points. I think Northeastern absolutely keeps this game close. I think they just don't have enough at the end to do it. But, again, if they did it, I w- it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, on you, bud. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Iowa State. Iowa State against Ohio State. Um, look, uh, I think Ohio State with uh, getting uh, – what's his name back Wesson getting him back from suspension definitely looked like a better team in the, uh, in the big 10 tournament. But I just think as much as I've wavered on this Iowa state team, and I said, I thought they were done absolutely showed out in the big 12 tournament. And they showed that they are probably the best team in the big 12. And I just think they're riding high right now. Um, I know that means that they're probably coming for a crash and burn here really soon, but I'm just going to have to ride with uh, Iowa state here and and the team that's hot. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I don't think they could do enough to win a national title because they're really roller coaster. Like they'll stay at the top of the peak of your roller coaster for two, three, maybe four, uh, but eventually it always comes crashing down for Iowa State, and you just have to hope that uh, you only pick them long enough in the bracket that the roller coaster stays up high. Because if you take them too long, you're going to get burnt. If you don't take them enough, you're going to get burnt. Or if you take them and they're at the peak and they're on their way down, you're going to get burnt too. So uh, for me, I'm with you though. I think Iowa State uh, should should kind of wax this team up and down the board they're just better uh another one again i'm not going to be repetitive houston georgia state i there is there's 13 other teams that i wish that houston could have matched up with that all had the potential to do that are sitting around a 12 13 or 14 uh unfortunately they get the probably outside of let's see outside of nc central and outside of uh who else is it do i have here outside of like NC Central and Gardner-Webb and Fairleigh Dickinson. This is like the third worst team in the entire tournament. So uh, Houston lucks out. I, I know I said all year that I would have them out in the first round game. I just uh, not against this draw. This this whole bracket could have gone so many different ways for me in terms of drawing wise. And it just went exactly opposite of every way I needed to. So Houston uh, over Georgia State for me. Pause. Yeah, same here. I think I like this Houston team a little more than you as well, but um not that I think they're going to go that far, but um, yeah, this is just this is just a great draw for them. Um, everything that they do well, Georgia State does poorly, and they'll just be able to exploit those matchups. Um, here's a a very interesting game: a Wofford uh, number seven Wofford against number ten Seton Hall. Um, I think a lot of people thought Wofford should have been ranked a little bit higher um, in the bracket, but I. Uh, Look, this this uh this Seton Hall team with Powell, he can absolutely carry them. I just I don't know. There's a part of me that just thinks Wofford's gonna win this game. I don't know why. Um, but again, I I have no idea. This is a total coin flip fifty fifty game for me. So if you have a stronger opinion, by all means let's use it. Nah, I'm cool with whatever. My only thing was I thought that maybe Seton Hall would bang, like they really just love to bang and be very physical, and that could disrupt them a little bit. But I literally have these teams back-to-back separated by 0.01, so I'm cool with whatever way you want to go. 
Yeah. Wofford, you said? Yeah. Okay. All right, that brings us to Kentucky Abilene Christian. Uh, Abilene Christian's coach can't even get a pair of pants that don't have a hole in them to uh, hole in them to coach in his butt. So uh, Kentucky here, I don't want to waste much time. Cool with that, boss? Yeah. Yeah, All right, to the absolutely. top, North Carolina, Utah State. Uh, I just, like, Paz and I, you know, moved Utah State forward merely because we just don't really like Washington, the Pac-12, and uh, they're, they're no match for North Carolina. Paz? Yep, next. Um, all right, next is Auburn-Kansas. I think this is a really bad matchup for Kansas. I really do. I think they go down here. Um, again, not in love with this Auburn team at all, but – I just – I don't like this Kansas this Kansas team, and I think Auburn is just playing well right now and uh, will be able to exploit Kansas on the inside um, and then, you know, score enough offensively as well to uh, to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Iowa State-Houston, I would still like to ride this Iowa State roller coaster out. I don't think Houston is any good at all, and – I just think Iowa State has the roller coaster going longer, and I think they bury this team. I think Houston, this is right here where they get absolutely exposed with a 3.15 strength of schedule. Their actual adjusted offense and defense together is a 25-6. Iowa State's actual offense and defense adjusted together is a 32-2. I think it's a huge uh, that's a that that's a huge uh, mismatch there, I just, and this is I think right here when Houston finally gets exposed against teams that are actually have some talent. So for me, uh, Iowa State. Oh, huge free throw there for you, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you want to just watch this last eight seconds and see what happens, but well, I have it on the game. I have it on the gamecast, not on the TV. So they're gonna come down and foul this kid again, though. So go ahead. Nope. Four four point win for North Dakota State. Oh baby. The model two and oh, let's go! Yeah. All right, pause. There pause. we go. Pause. We are go- pause. Yeah. You better. You might have to come here after work tomorrow because if we take this seven and oh into uh, into midnight tomorrow, we're going straight to AC. Don't matter how much it costs. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Go. Uh, we're on. Uh, my bad. That's how. Let's see. This is what the sports radio show was supposed to be like. Me doing a lot more of that because that's how I act in my living room, and that's what I want to come on the right. radio so I can act like that more for everybody. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll just keep the radio on all day and just keep myself live, and then just post it or something as a podcast. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I, maybe what I'll do is on, on for today or for tomorrow and like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll just keep it on and like not be live and then post it up as like a podcast as if an episode. So people just can hear how nuts I am in my living room. Cause that was really the meaning like a, of what a, this is supposed to be. Just a complete comedy a, a show. 12, a 12 hour long podcast that's up there. Just yeah. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. In your living room. But I'll, <laughs> but I'll cut it. So only the good shit's on there. No, I know. I'm just, it was just a no, funny thought of just a, a 12 hour podcast uh, out there. Um, yeah. right, did I comment on Iowa State and Houston? I don't know if I did, but no, if I didn't. didn't uh, yeah, uh, same thing here. I think Iowa State is the better team here. I think they are the hotter team. Um, and I will ride this Iowa State team for one more game at the very least um, and have them winning this matchup as well, getting to the Sweet 16 and, uh, next weekend. Um, all right, and then last, we have Wofford against Kentucky. 
Look, I, like I said, I think this Wofford team is good. I think they, you know, they, they sort of showed out a little bit for the, the smaller conferences and, uh, and you know, showed that, that a, a team from the Southern Conference can get into the top 25. They're good. They, they do the fundamentals well, but Kentucky is just a really talented team, and they are on my short list of teams that can actually win the national title. So uh, I have to go Kentucky here. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, to the top, North Carolina, Auburn. Uh, I just think North Carolina is much the best here. Uh, I think this is when Auburn gets exposed. North Carolina can do it inside, outside, every side. Uh, they beat them in EM. They beat them in strength of schedule. They beat them in non-conference strength of schedule. They beat them on the boards. They beat them in adjusted D&O together. They beat them in real D and real O. I just think this is uh, North Carolina and possibly pretty handily. This might be a, you know, a, uh, a five and a half, six or that you could uh, get a nice double digit victory here. Something to look forward to, but we'll be on before that happens. So uh, North Carolina for me. Yeah, same here. I, I don't want to waste much time here. Um, I, I just think they're the far superior team to, to Auburn. And I think this is a, I think this is a nice matchup for North Carolina in terms of, what North Carolina does uh, defensively. I'm going to just pull it up really quick. I don't want to. I know we're running a little short. Um, they are very high in the country in terms of opponent offensive rebounding percentage being very low, which is one thing that Auburn does well. And then also defensive three-point percentage. They're in, I think they're ranked like 60th or so, but you know, not terrible. And those are basically the two those are the two keys to um, to Auburn's game, and North Carolina shuts those down, and I just think they'll be able to shut them down completely. And I agree with you. I hope this spread is like five points because this will be an absolute banger for us, 100%. Uh, Kentucky, Iowa State. Um, I just – I think – I think Kentucky's one of the teams. I don't think they they win the national title, but I think they're one of the teams that could possibly win a national title. And I think this is kind of where Iowa State's uh, roller coaster starts going the opposite way. Uh, you get a gift in Ohio State. You get a gift in <clears throat> one of the, in my opinion, one of the worst teams in the whole tournament in Houston. Uh, now you got to face a big dog like Kentucky. They can bang you inside. They can compete with your guards on the outside. Shayok can play with Hero, or Hero will play with Shayok. Uh, I think Kentucky does this. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, chalky here. But as we said on Sunday, this looked like North Carolina, Kentucky to me up and down. And I, I don't, I didn't change my opinion looking at it a second time. Yeah, uh, I agree. I looked at this. I looked for a way to get North Carolina and Kentucky completely out of this tournament prior to possibly even the first weekend, and or not prior to the first weekend on the first weekend. Um, and I just I, – I can't see it. I don't know why. Um, I, I mean, I do know why, but I'm just saying, like, I, there's – I just don't think there's much of a, a possibility of, uh, of Kentucky losing this game. I think it sets up for a nice, um, a nice elite eight with uh, North, uh, North Carolina. All right, so we got North Carolina, Kentucky, and we got a little bit of time. So <clears throat> this is interesting to me because I don't – I don't know how to say it. Like – um, I don't want to say like I'm not high on either team because that would like I have them here, but like these 
both of these teams, like, I, I see a lot of things, like, I don't like. Like, North Carolina goes in spells where they can't figure out how to score or maze off or Kobe White gets extremely inconsistent. Uh, you see Jackson goes and scores 14 straight points on Reddish, doesn't score again with – and, look, I'm not saying Jordan Golar is not a nice player, but – um, I think there's a lot of defensive players that could shut Jackson down. He doesn't score another point until there's five minutes left in the second half in a game that goes well over the total. Um, and then same with Kentucky. Like Kentucky always shows up in these big ones, but like in the SC tournament, uh, they let a seven point lead go with like 10, 210 left. Um, and that's with the Tennessee team who doesn't know how to use their assets. They go without putting the ball to Williams for like eight, nine, 10, uh, 15 minutes a game. And every game I watch them, eight, eight to 15 minutes, he just doesn't touch the basketball, which makes no sense. Give it to your best player over and over again. You see Duke, Duke works through Barrett and Zion, every possession, one of them touches the ball. Uh, I understand Williams is a big guy and, but Zion's a big guy too. And I understand Barrett's a guard, so he probably should be touching the ball. But my point is you work through your best players. Uh, Virginia works through Jerome and, and uh, and Guy and uh, Hunter every single play like that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, you you know do you use your assets and and um, you know Kentucky faltered against a team that doesn't use their assets and and that's why Tennessee will probably get beat as we said against Purdue. Uh, same thing you know Marquette goes through Howard Tennessee go or Purdue goes through uh, Edwards like. Um, so I have some things I don't like about either of teams, and there's those are reasons why I don't think they could win a national championship uh, with the likes of having to beat Duke also or beat Virginia or whoever. Um, but I think North Carolina is still up and down the uh, better team. Um, they have a, a better EM by Ken Palm, uh, played a harder strength of schedule, uh, very hard um, – uh, non-conference schedule. Kentucky's non-conference uh, schedule is only boosted by they're playing Duke and they got absolutely lit. Um, the North Carolina is better on the offensive and uh, not on the offensive glass, but better on the defensive glass. Kentucky's slightly better on the offensive glass. Uh, the combined taking out the real offense and the real defensive uh, strength of schedules and putting together North Carolina comes out to a 42-9 and Kentucky only comes out to a 38-4. So not that big of a separation. Um, I'm leaning North Carolina, but I could see either way here because I have my negatives about both teams. So, Paz, what are your kind of thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think these two teams match up really well against each other. Um, but I think the deciding point of this game is going to be uh, North Carolina's percentage from the three-point line. I really think that that's what it's going to come down to. Um, and North Carolina fares far better on the offensive um, three-point line than Kentucky does. Kentucky also is, you know, sort of middle of the pack in terms of defensive three-point percentage, actually a little bit lower than that, Um, sort of like in the 150 to 200. Yeah, so I guess like middle of the pack in terms of the the country in uh, defensive three-point percentage. I think that's what's going to come back to bite them. And uh, I think North Carolina will win this matchup because of that single reason. Okay. So that brings us to Virginia, North Carolina. Um, I think that these are the three teams that could win the national title. I know I'm at ACC Homer, but whatever. Um, Look, uh, Virginia really like, I know they only won by seven, but they really dominated North Carolina in that game from start to finish. Um, 
And uh, North Carolina was home for that one, weren't they? Yeah, they were. And they did it at North Carolina's home court. I don't see a difference in this one. Virginia slows the game down, makes UNC completely come to a halt. And they were completely halted um, by Virginia in that game. And when North Carolina gets into the non-run mode, that completely takes them out of the game that they like to play. And I think that it makes the complete difference here uh, for Virginia victory. Virginia can makes you play your style of basketball, makes you, hey, if you want to go shoot the three, go shoot the three. They made Duke do it. Duke got hot that night. If they did, if they played that game ten times, Duke shoots that way maybe five, and they split five and five or something like that. So um, I think I don't think North Carolina has the ability to beat Virginia in that type of game, and that's why I lean Virginia here. Pause. Yeah, um, I unfortunately feel the exact same way. Um, I don't really have too much to add here. Um, everything that you said are things that I was going to say as well. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the way it goes. Okay, Duke-UVA. Um, I, I don't care either way, honestly. Everyone's going to take Duke, so that kind of, you know, bends us over. I don't think anyone can beat Duke fully healthy. I don't think Virginia could beat Duke. But, uh, hey, look, third time's a charm. Anything is possible. I'm cool with either Duke or Virginia. Uh, so, whatever you want to pick is fine. Yeah, I think – I honestly think ultimately – if we're entering this into a, a bracket pool, we might be better off taking Virginia just because getting to that point with a different, like if you have the final, if that's the final game and you have it, um, you know, and you have it and then you have the, the different winner, you have obviously a much better chance of, of winning the entire thing. So just from a, a percentage game theory standpoint, I would probably take Virginia, but, I think if you play these games 10 times on a neutral court, I think Duke probably wins either six or seven of them, uh, maybe eight. But let's just call it seven just to be, just to be safe. Um, so I think Duke will probably win this game again. And, um, yeah, I, I just I think Duke will win. But I think from a – a game theory standpoint – You've got to remember that, like, better... I agree with you if we put this into a – a big dog, but I mean, you got it. I don't want to talk down the pool, but you know what I mean? Do you, yeah, are you probably you. what I'm trying to yeah. get at? You know what I'm saying? I don't want in case yeah. anybody's listening. I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but considering what we're playing against, um, like if this was for the, you know, the million dollar or something, that's a little bit of a different story, but considering the competition. Yeah. I got say. you. Yeah. So yeah. from yeah, that standpoint, enough. maybe we should take three, should take Duke. Um, Okay. Uh, score. One, I like the one of my favorite songs is 41. How about 141? Probably low scoring again. Yeah. Something like that. What is that? That's yeah. like 70 to 61. Something like that. 68. No, that would be. No, that would be. Oh, you're right. 71, uh, so 70. Uh, so that's a little high. I would high. say 70, 70, 74, 69. No, that's okay. a little high. Which equals what? That's uh, 143. Let's go 141. Yeah. I like 40. I like the number 41. Okay. So 70, All right. 69. All right. So the uncut sports talk bracket, final four, Duke, Michigan, Virginia, North Carolina, Duke versus Virginia, Duke over Virginia to win the national title. If you want to know the elite eight, Duke, Michigan state, Florida state, Michigan, Virginia, Purdue, North Carolina, Kentucky. That's the uncut sports talk bracket. Somehow, I don't know how, but we only have two minutes of show left. 
Uh, I'll run through a couple of the model plays. Uh, let's see. Uh, LSU was a play Dude. only if this what? Um, but. You know, if you want to, I'm gonna be. I'll, I'll be over early on Friday. If you wanted to hop on for like. Oh yeah, a quick hop on Friday. Friday morning. We could do all that right, too. so just all right. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we'll hop back on on Friday morning and go over our Friday plays and possible weekend plays. Just for Thursday, uh, I liked LSU, but uh, it only fits the model at seven and a half. I, the last I saw, it's been like I said, it's been going between seven and eight. Uh, it does not fit the model at seven. If you get it at seven and a half, take it at seven. I know it sounds crazy. You're giving up half a point. It just doesn't fit our model at seven. Um, and that is it. We just got that win with North Dakota state. Uh, we had that Belmont yesterday. There's oh, oh, also, so Thursday current model plays, uh, Florida state at nine, uh, is two times. So it's fits model one and final, uh, model three. So those would be the only two tomorrow. Uh, those should both double plays. So LSU would be a, a double play and Florida state, a double play. It fits two different, two of our three models. So that's it for Thursday. We'll hop back on, on Friday morning, sometime around there and go through our Friday stuff and just little Thursday thoughts, I guess. Uh, thanks for listening. Everyone tuning in. We'll put the brackets up, uh, if you like what we do, give us a follow, Uncut Sports Talk at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these are ripped in a podcast, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes Podcast, and Blog Talk Radio at Uncut Sports Talk. From your host, Rhino, and your host, Paz, we thank you for tuning in. We hope everyone has a profitable March Madness. Let's go Duke. Later. <laughs>